Were you involved in a relationship with someone who didn't have a strong sense of self? Maybe you were involved with someone who is constantly lying and turning it back on you. Maybe you were with someone that you think might have been a narcissist, but it doesn't seem to match up to what everybody else is saying because your narcissist didn't rage out at you. They didn't throw things, yell at you, scream at you. They might not even cuss at you or anything like that. And you're like, wait a second, like, does this actually match up? Maybe you were with someone else who is toxic or narcissistic and you're like, they couldn't handle the criticism. Like they couldn't handle like dealing with the things that you would give them or the things that you would say. Well, you might be dealing with a different type or almost like a subtype of narcissist, often known as either the covert or vulnerable narcissist. And I'd like to be able to talk to you a little bit about that today and kind of dive in, read some information, and also explain a little bit of what we're seeing when we're talking about a covert narcissist and how some of it might be different than what you're experiencing or what you're going through. As I'm going through reading and learning more about covert narcissists, I'm starting to find myself and align myself more in the aspect that, hey, that's what I am even more than what I've acknowledged in the past of being more covert in how I've communicated, how I've talked, how I've manipulated, all those different types of things that I'm identifying as being more of a covert narcissist. Well, if you're new here, my name is Ben Taylor, uh, Run Raw Motivations. I am a self-aware narcissist on this platform and many others to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. If you want to hear some about my journey and becoming uh, aware about my narcissism, then look up on my YouTube, Self-Aware Narcissist under Raw Motivations, and you'll kind of see a video kind of breaking down like the step-by-step of what happened in my life that brought me to this place. Well, working on these platforms, I'm able to drop nuggets of truth every single day on multiple venues to be able to help people understand what narcissism is and then help them get the tools so they can start healing, growing, and changing their own life on a day-to-day basis to rewire their mindset, to transform the way they're thinking and feeling about different things so they can be happy, healthy, and whole moving on in the future. We're on all these different platforms. If you don't have a chance, uh, follow whenever you can. It's under Raw Motivations, whether you're listening on the podcast or you're on different platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Raw Motivations everywhere. Give us a follow. Help us just share some of the information so that people understand what this actually is. There's more people dealing with this than what people actually realize and what people actually know. Uh, If you want to be involved in a community, please download and check out the NARC app, N-A-R-C. N-A-R-C on Apple Store and on Google Play. It stands for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. It's a group of like-minded people that are learning about narcissism, that are giving advice to each other, that are helping give support as people grow, heal, and change, that are getting involved in monthly coaching, weekly lives, whole lot of things going on there that we're trying to keep updating on a daily basis. So please check that out. N-A-R-C, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community, on the Apple Store or Google Play. We'd love to have you involved with us there. Thank you guys so much for the likes, the follows, the listens. If you haven't already, please subscribe. We're going to go ahead and dive in on different traits of a covert narcissist. And the first one I want to bring up is they do not have a strong sense of self. One of the books that we're kind of looking through today is going to be The Covert Passive-Aggressive Narcissist by Debbie Mirza. And one of the things that it talks about here is it says they do not have a strong sense of self. Covert narcissists don't have a solid identity, a knowing of who they really are. If you think of certain people in your life you know well, you would probably have a lot to say to describe them. They're distinguishable. With a covert narcissist, the description seems more generic. Well, they're really nice, or they're easy to get along with. They're common descriptions, but it rarely goes further than that. There's a feeling of, who are they really? 
If you look at covert narcissists, you will see a hollow feeling about them, almost vacant. They can feel like a shell of a person. Covert narcissists are chameleons, often becoming the people that they're around. It's common for a survivor to talk about the beginning stages of their relationship and say how amazingly similar they and their spouse partner were. And after the discard, when the covert narcissist begins dating someone else, they become just like their new target. You see, a lot of times people don't understand that with covert narcissists and just narcissists in general, it's a spectrum and there's all different types. But like with narcissists in general, you have this idea of not having that full persona. Instead, when they get with someone, it's the idea of let me go ahead and grab the pieces from your personality that one will help me connect to you and then two will help me have a more well-rounded personality for the world to see. For a covert narcissist, a lot of times it'll be small little things that all of a sudden you do that, I do that. You go there, I go there. You listen to that, I listen to that. For me, one thing that was huge in, in my life and, and all the different affairs and things that I was a part of was that covert narcissist aspect of identifying with someone by using stuff that they already knew, liked, loved, whatever it might be. So it might be a TV show, it might be music. Music was like huge for me of like, I'd grab a piece of music that I knew they liked, listen to it, kind of that would become part of me. And I'd understand, okay, if I wanna connect with this person, I'm wanting to show that I like this music or that I can engage with these lyrics or whatever it might be, and all of a sudden there's a connection and there's a bond there. But at the same time, it's also showing like, hey, there's not something that's solid inside me that says I like this music or I don't like this music. My music is like all over the place. Music is just an example, but that's one that like correlates really close to me of how I would connect with other people or how I'd engage with like the next supply that I would go to. So think of that. Silent rage. Silent rage is a big one because a lot of times people get the idea of like narcissists always rage and then there's people out there being like I they didn't rage at me they didn't yell at me so it makes you confused of like maybe I'm not dealing with a narcissist or maybe you know it's not as bad as what it actually is when it's actually abuse. So it talks about here silent rage. Covert narcissists have a lot of rage inside them. They may not yell or get violent but you can feel their quiet rage. They mask it around others, but when you live with them, it can feel like being next to a, a dormant volcano that could erupt at any moment. Their rage controls the climate of the home and keeps people feeling like they're walking on eggshells. This is one way they maintain control of people close to them. This type of action immediately resonated for Mary. Over the years, she would ask her husband, are you okay? You seem angry. He would respond by calmly saying, no, just tired. Then he would stay quiet while Mary wondered who to trust, her own instincts or his word. Her body could feel his anger, but why would he lie? She chose to trust him and ignore her own feelings. This is a component of gaslighting and also cognitive dissonance. And other manipulative tools used to get the victims to slowly over time believe the narcissist over their inner guidance. Many victims told the person that wrote this, they told me they felt responsible for the covert narcissist's spouse or partner's anger. They get the unspoken and sometimes spoken messages that they are the cause of the narcissist's rage. And this could not be further from the truth, and this is what the covert narcissist wants the victim to believe. You see, they want the other person to feel like you are responsible for what you're doing to me. You are hurting me by what you're doing, what you're saying, where you're going, whatever it might be. And if you want to not do that to me, you need to abide by my wishes and by my expectations. It is a, a very vicious way to be able to control another person without coming out and saying, hey, I control you. 
The same aspect we want to talk about is the idea of criticism. Okay? Covert narcissists will constantly criticize and will judge you. Because they're a covert, they do it in ways that are not always obvious. This enables them to control you as your self-worth slowly declines. Over time, this work on your sense of and sense of value. You end up seeing yourself as not lovable, not wanted, and either too much or not enough. Probably one of the most common things I hear from different people like talking to me over like one-on-ones when we engage with people like all over the planet is they'll ask like, why was I not good enough? Like, why was I not enough for that person? And oftentimes they're made to feel that way. They are purposely guided to that conclusion by the narcissist so that they continue coming back for more. So they continue trying to prove their worth or to get that validation from that person. The covert narcissist will judge you and put you down for the strangest things. Emma said her mom would often make underhanded comments to her siblings about how Emma doesn't like to stand for long periods of time. In another example, Mary's ex-spouse would give her constructive criticism because he was concerned about the way she was dressed or presented herself. The constant criticism chips away at your sense of who you are, resulting in believing that the narcissist is superior and knows more than you, creating an unhealthy dependence on him or her. This weakens you over time and makes you vulnerable to their manipulative tactics. The narcissist's criticism increases and becomes more blatant when you begin to stand up for yourself. Now, I'm sure a lot of people have seen that. As you stand up for yourself, it gets worse and worse and worse as you start to uphold boundaries, as you start to put in different protective measures for yourself, self-healing practices. You start to realize, whoa, like this person is getting more and more and more aggressive because the narcissist wants to control you. That's all that it's about. And so they control you with that constant criticism and also with that aspect of silent rage. Those are probably one of the two biggest ones that you see in the aspect of covert narcissism that they use to control you. They exemplify and they show by their actions and by what they're what they're saying and how they're like exemplifying it through, you know, the silent treatment, through like small criticism of this is acceptable and this is not. The goal of the narcissist being able to do that is ultimately to control you. If I say this, then I will get the response that I want. If I say this, then they will do what I want. If I say this, then they will know that this isn't acceptable. So be careful when you're talking with other people and you're realizing, hey, what they're putting out there is me being responsible for their rage or their feelings, or they're constantly criticizing the little things that I do that ultimately are not life-changing, but are making me go one direction or the other. You might be dealing with someone who's using rage, criticism, or that sense of self that they're using it to their advantage to be able to control and to be able to manipulate you.